God will often remind us of a scripture, and that scripture meets an exact need in our life at that exact moment in time. So it is important for us to stop what we're doing and focus on that scripture, for that's a special message from God to us. Learn to collect scripture. Learn to collect these scriptures from God. When you are reminded of a scripture, stop, write it down, look at it, collect it with other scriptures that you've been reminded of God. I take these scriptures and make a screen print of them and keep them on my Kindle photo album. That's just one way to keep all these scriptures together so that I can look at it during the day. And some days when I really don't have anything particularly to look at or drawn to my attention, I will go to my photo album and just look at all the scriptures I've collected and build myself up. It's like feeding yourself with a good meal. Build myself up in the Word of God, strengthening myself by the Word of God. I find this very helpful. Look at James uh, chapter 1. Start at verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. These words from God come down from heaven and are brought to our mind just in the form of a thought. Verse 18, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. As long as we live on this earth, God speaks to us by his spirit by bringing thoughts ideas, concepts, and scriptures to our mind. In the year 2020, I was considering having new upholstery put on the front seats of my 25-year-old car. And as I thought about it, the following word came to my mind. Or you could just buy a new car. I was really shocked. I'd never thought of that. I've had several broken bones due to accidents, and it's hard for me to ride in a car without pain. So I was just thinking of having new upholstery put on my 25-year-old car when I heard, or you could just buy a new car. And I thought about it, and that's right. I'd sold my house in Texas and had money in the bank, which was be easy for me to buy a new car and pay cash for it. I would not have gone in debt for it because from the time I was a believer in 1975, God had worked with me on getting out of debt and staying out of debt. So I would not have gone into debt to buy it, but I had the cash in the bank and could pay for the new car and have money left over. So I bought a new car. God speaks to us as long as we live on this earth to show us what to do. And the way he usually speaks to us is by a gentle thought 
an idea, a concept coming to our mind. Sometimes he'll give us a dream to show us what to do. But often it's just a a gentle thought, a word, a scripture. And we focus on that word because it is God speaking to us. But now there are other spirits that speak to us, so you have to be careful with this. One of the ways to measure whether the idea is from God is, is it easy to be entreated? James 3.17 tells characteristics of wisdom that is from above. If it's easy to be entreated, is it terribly difficult to do, terribly complex? If it is, I always know I don't have the way of God. But if it's easy to be entreated, if it's pure, peaceable, gentle, it's without hypocrisy. These are some of the characteristics of the ideas that come to us that are from God. So verse 18 of James 1, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, as many as follow the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As many as hear from God by his spirit and do that, those are the sons of God. James 1. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. There are so many people that hear the word, and they think they are religious because they hear preachers preach, or they read the Bible. But it's the doers of the word of God that are blessed. So look at that scripture that's brought to your mind by the Holy Spirit, for it's from God to you, and it will fill a need in your heart at this point in time. Collect these scriptures in some manner, whether it be on note cards or, as I told you earlier, I'd make screen prints and put pictures of those pages of scripture in my Kindle photo album. Here is a scripture that really delights me. Recently, Pam Paget mentioned this scripture, and I looked at it, and I was just really excited about this scripture. It really helped me. It encourages me to speak the things of God. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 15-16, that ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. When I'm with someone and God reminds me of a scripture, I try to share that scripture or that concept with that person with whom I'm speaking. I never make out a list of things ahead of time to share with anybody. But if the door opens, that's when I try to be courageous enough to go through that open door and share that scripture or that concept that is brought to me 
by the Spirit of God. Many times you will be talking to a person and they will say something which causes you to think of a scripture or to think of the way of God. My cousin and her two adult age sons were at my house one time and they were talking about the youngest son's girlfriend, his new girlfriend. And they said something about her being a divorced woman. And I spoke up and said, according to the Bible, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And everybody got very silent. And I said, it, you better be careful with this. If you are dating this a divorced woman, there's a potential that you'll marry her. And if you do that, you commit adultery according to the Bible. That's Matthew 5.32. I said no more about it. A few weeks later, he married the divorced woman. About a year after that, they divorced. But his blood was not on my hands because I warned him. So we as Christians receive the word of God with meekness when we see a scripture and need to correct ourselves and we correct ourselves by that scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Let's look at Second Timothy chapter 3, I believe it's verse 16. It is verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for us to establish our doctrine by that scripture. Matthew 5.32, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. They're probably not teaching that at your church group. I've never heard it taught at a church group, but I shared it with my cousin because I know this is a doctrine of Christ. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So establish your doctrine by reading scripture. Make sure that you're living by that doctrine. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for, our, for us to reprove our thinking about what God says, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I was born again in 1975, and since that time, I've just read from Matthew to Revelation, from Matthew to Revelation, from Matthew to Revelation, just reading through the Bible, chapter by chapter. Sometimes it'll be a few verses in a chapter. Sometimes it'll be two or three chapters. It depends on the situation. I never read the Bible when I'm troubled because when you're troubled, you might pervert the scripture. So if I'm troubled, I pray. Doing Philippians 4, 6, 7. And let's read that because that's important to review Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Start at verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Now this doesn't mean try to sweep your cares under the rug and say, Oh, I don't have any cares. God will take care of that. That is not what this means because Paul tells us what to do about the cares. 
Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. So when you have a concern about something, pray. I don't read the Bible if I'm concerned about something, for I might misinterpret the Bible. Instead, I need to pray over that situation. If I'm troubled about a person, I don't read the Bible while I'm troubled. I turn to God and pray. If I have a problem, if a problem arises, I don't read the Bible. I turn and pray. So if you're troubled, you pray. And if you're at peace, you read the Bible. It's really very simple. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Have you ever tried to read the Bible when you just couldn't focus and your mind would drift off to something else? I'm sure most of us have done that. This is the time you want to stop and pray. Don't try to continue reading the Bible when you cannot focus on the Bible. Stop and pray. When I am with another person, I don't make out a list of things that I want to say to that person. I depend on God. And I pray, don't, please don't let me say anything to this person except what you want me to say. Because then I know it's God doing the work and not me. But I do try to have the courage to speak when I hear from the Holy Spirit. One time years ago, I was with my favorite aunt. And I heard tell her about being taken into heaven. Shortly after I was born again, I was transported into heaven twice. It was in the night, and I was with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. I saw no physical images. It was an experience in spirit. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. And this happened to me two different nights in the night while I was asleep. So the Holy Spirit says to me, tell her about being taken into heaven. Oh, I didn't want to do that. My aunt was a Church of Christ member. Church of Christ members, at least in the 1950s and 60s and 70s and 80s, and this was in somewhere in those years, in the 80s, I think. The Church of Christ people that I knew, they didn't talk about supernatural experiences from God. And I didn't want to tell my aunt about this being taken into heaven, but I knew it was the Holy Spirit telling me to do this. This was the will of God because I've had so much experience with God following His Spirit. So I began telling my aunt about being taken into heaven. And it amazed me because a dreamy look came on her face as I talked about this. And my aunt said, something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. 
Every time I read Revelation 21, where John tells us about the new Jerusalem that is created by God, every time I read these scriptures, I think of that ant. Revelation 21, start at verse 18. And the building of the wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And there's another passage down here where it says, verse 21, the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. So the new heaven and the new earth, the city is pure gold, and the streets are pure gold. And I think about my aunt saying she was transported into heaven once, and it was all golden. That's what she saw. I wouldn't be surprised, but what I'm the only person she's ever told that experience to. She's no longer living. She died in 82. But I spoke by the Spirit of God, and it provoked her to share by the Spirit of God. And we were both blessed as a result. When I was first born again, I owned a small business in Dallas. I was flying to... Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I bought merchandise. And as the plane landed, I heard, be baptized. My cousin, Jean, a Church of Christ member, was picking me up at the airport to take me to buy the merchandise. And I said to Jean, if you can set it up at the church this afternoon, I'll be baptized. And she said, but you've already been baptized. And I said, but I wasn't born again. Now I'm born again, and I've heard to be rebaptized. And she said, well, okay. I knew she didn't understand. Actually, she said to me, as we drove along, I talked to my cousin Jean, and she, she said to me, well, I believe you are a Christian. I just don't see how you can be. <laughs> she didn't understand being born again. So that afternoon, we met at the Church of Christ building, and, of course, I was, I was very surprised when the young minister said to me, do you want to say anything? Because they don't allow women to speak in the church. So, anyway, he said that to me, and I said, well, I guess so. And I just started talking about being born again. I had about 15 relatives sitting there who had come to see me be baptized. So, I just started talking to them about the first time I was baptized, when I was 15, I wasn't born again. I didn't, didn't even know I had sin. The second time, I was born again by the Spirit of God, by God speaking to me, and then I heard be baptized. So that's what I was there for, was to be baptized. And as I spoke, I noticed one of my cousins shaking her head up and down as I spoke, and I noticed my uncle was crying. We went up to the baptistry and the minister lowered me into the water and the Holy Spirit said, this is like being buried with Christ. And as I came out of the water, the Holy Spirit said to me, this is like being raised with Christ. So we went back downstairs and my relatives were still there and my uncle was came to me and he had tears in his eyes. And he said, would you write that out for me what you said he said I've never heard anything like you spoke today I've never heard anything like that before 
He said, would you write it out for me and send it to me? And I said, well, yeah, I guess so. And as I got back to Dallas, I wrote it out and sent it to him. I believe my uncle was born again at the time I spoke those words about being born again. This is following God by his spirit. When he says, be baptized, we be baptized. When he says, tell your aunt about being taken into heaven, you tell your aunt about being taken into heaven. See, you do what you hear from the Spirit of God. He brings it to your mind in the form of a thought. All we do is yield to what we hear when we know it's the Spirit of God. We yield to it, and we take appropriate actions. In the year 2018, I had an accident at my house in Texas. As the ambulance workers were rolling me out of the house, we passed the front door, and I heard, you'll never see this house again. So I knew I wouldn't be coming back to that house. I didn't know whether I would die in the hospital. I was 80 years old at that time. I didn't know if I would die or if I would be moved to another location, but I knew I wouldn't be at that house. And I'd already been shown that I couldn't continue to live alone. So this was really no surprise to me. As I was in the rehabilitation hospital, God worked it out for me to move to Colorado, from Texas to Colorado, to live with a member of the body of Christ in her house. And it's been great. I've been here. This is the third year. I'm starting the third year at her house. One of our church members came to me back in 2018 when I put my house up for sale. I was in the hospital, and she came to me and said, I just don't see how you can do this. You can put your house up for sale like this. And I said, well, I've heard from God. I'll never see this house again. This is following God. Following God, what he tells us, doing actions that are appropriate, to what he tells us. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Now, it could be a scripture or it could be a word like, you'll never see this house again. It's receive with meekness the engrafted word. Once you are sure it is a word of God, receive it and take appropriate action. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. The Holy Spirit brings thoughts to our mind to guide us into all truth, teach us all things, remind us of everything Jesus has said to us, and show us things to come. He brings thoughts to our mind so that we can know the will of God in the issue of life that we're facing at this present time. Four things that the Holy Spirit does. John chapter 14, verse 26. Here are two things. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, says Jesus, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Therefore, he will remind us of Scripture. Or he'll remind us of a dream. Or he could just give us a concept. Showing us 
what God wants us to do in that situation of life. John chapter 16, verse 13, tell us two more things the Holy Spirit does for us. Jesus says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God for us in our life at this moment. And he, the Holy Spirit, will show you things to come. If you look at 1 Corinthians 2, there's quite a bit written there concerning the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul said, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God, the hidden wisdom. And then in verse 9 he says, But it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. They will think, well, it's foolish for you to sell your house while you're in the hospital. But I heard from the Holy Spirit, you'll never see this house again. So I put it up for sale while I was in the hospital. I was there two and a half months in rehab hospital. And then I moved directly from Texas to Colorado. Pam Paget came down by airplane and came to the hospital and helped me get back to Colorado by commercial airplane. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So they, when you hear to do something and you're sure it's the Spirit of God and you start to do it, don't be surprised that someone says, I don't see how you can do this. Probably what they said to Noah. I don't see how you can build this. What are you doing? He heard from God. What about Abraham? He heard from God, leave your father's land. Leave your father in your father's land and go into the land that I show you. Well, what do you, what do you think happened when he tried to leave his father's house? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Don't you think he would have had objection? But he heard from God and he held to what God told him. Now you have to be sure it's God speaking to you for devils will try to destroy you. I know a young couple years ago in the church that I attended, 
This young couple said they had been called by God to go to the nation of Israel and preach the gospel. So they quit their secular jobs and they moved to Israel. A week later, they were back at church. I said to them, what happened? And they said, well, we got to Israel and we couldn't do anything because we didn't know the language. That wasn't God sending them to Israel. It was another spirit which they were yielded to. In First John chapter 4, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. There are some spirits that will try to destroy you. The devil will always try to take you in a way opposite to God. So if God tells you something, the devil will try to keep you from doing it. Or the devil will tell you to do something, and you will think it's God. He's an, devil speaks as an angel of light. So it won't be, it's not surprising that it won't be some kind of great work for God. And it will destroy you. You quit your secular job, move to Israel, and you find you can't even speak to the people because you don't know the language. See, that's total foolishness. That can't be God. That yoke would not be easy. That burden would not be light. Unless you were a little puffed up in your mind thinking, ooh, I'm getting to do a great work for God. That's how the devil works. But the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth and teaches us all things. So confirm it. But once you're sure you've heard from God, that's when you take the action to do what God has said to do. But you will most likely have objections, often from your own household and certainly from members of your own church group. I've recorded quite a few podcasts on the subject of following God. You might like to hear some of those. You can find them listed on our homepage under podcast. Just click on that listing and it will come up on your device. Thank you for allowing me to speak this with you today.